All right, big show number 186. Matt Lautner is joined by John O'Day from Western Nebraska. John's second appearance on the show. And he has made a, another viral Facebook comment that uh, rings true to all livestock producers and show families. And I'm going to start the show off by reading it. And 20 hours ago, John made a comment, which has got over 1,000 likes, 900 shares. So... Here is the post. Because it is county fair season, when the disgruntled parents or grandparents say this isn't how cattle are in real life, or the classic, it isn't fair because that kid shows year-round and he knows how to fit. Remember who says it. Then, at volleyball game this fall or football game when their pride and joy is having success, remind them that. This isn't fair because Junior goes to summer weights and goes to camps, or little Sally plays club ball all year she shouldn't be allowed to play against the other high school kids livestock showing is a sport don't make it any more or any less than that just like baseball or basketball or track or any other sport coincidentally the kids that have family support and work at it the hard hardest generally get the most out of it rings true here good job john so we're gonna have a little discussion here john yes sir oh yeah game on bitches so what's new in your life since the last time we talked, boss man? Oh, just uh, more drought, more problems. Is there any rain in the forecast coming up? Actually, no. We've got we've got slight chances. They're right on the valley in Red Willow County. There, night before last, we caught forty hundreds of rain. But uh, out in the hill country, where we need it the worst, where most of the cattle are at, uh, we hung a goose egg on the scoreboard again. So. So it's getting pretty serious. A lot of guys are going to start weaning their February and March calves are going to start weaning here as soon as they get done cutting wheat in the next week or 10 days to two weeks. Yeah, just look at the forecast in central Iowa, and it looks like we might get some rain tonight. 75% chance tomorrow. Hopefully we hit some of this stuff. But uh, happy 4th of July to you. But, uh, so you are a viral-making machine on the Facebook. Uh, sometimes they call it book face. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, I guess uh, I don't know if you've had a bunch of viral commentary in the last two weeks since your last uh, appearance, but uh, yesterday, 20 hours ago, you did put out a statement that has been shared 887 times in 20 hours. That's pretty wild, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. And and I tell you, we were sitting there... uh, what got me thinking about that statement about uh, about treating cattle showing particularly because that's what I'm most familiar with, like a sport, you know. Um, these families don't think anything about having their kids run and play town ball year-round. You know, go play basketball all year, go play volleyball all year, that's cool, that's fine. Don't get your nose out of joint when you show up at the county fair with the calf that – you drug out of the feedlot three weeks or a month before the show. You get your ass stomped in showmanship yep. and the live show by the kid that's probably had his steer in the ring 25 or 30 times. People don't think about it outside the show world. Is I mean, we and we've heard them all. I mean, I had a grandma one time, just couldn't believe, called, called me a liar, that there was no way that we honestly got our steers to gain four pounds a day. Just that our kids couldn't get to do that. And I said, well, how many times a day were you reading the bunk? Right, and, and I just well have been speaking Latin. She had no idea what reading a bunk meant. By the time my boys were eight, nine, ten years old, they knew that you read a bunk three times a day on a set of fat cattle. When by the time they were twelve or thirteen, 
they knew how hard to bump one, and they knew to pull feed on a storm day. And I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of things that they'd learned and that the showing had taught them. And yeah, you know, we're our we're our own worst enemy. And and people, you know, they like to make the comment, well, these these club kids aren't they wouldn't make it in the real world. Well, that's I'll I'll argue that all day long. We we hang up a lot of really good carcasses that are show kids that that weren't good enough to to show. Some of our most successful steers also turned out to be some of our highest yielding, highest yielding, best dollaring up carcasses. I mean, people always make that argument, and Jake likes to make the argument. He says you don't, uh, you don't see any minivans in the Indy 500, do you? That's right. Yep. You know these these machines are made for a certain purpose, and and is people the, need is, to. Uh, Nebraska that. have a uh, district for the county fair season yet, or are they not there yet? They have just started doing that. They've had some shows in the past where if you were a county winner, you got to go to. And they've uh, this year that they're opening it up. They've got some some district shows and going to have a sure. a non-state fair, state champion type thing, I guess. These district shows are great for reintroducing that county level intensity in terms of trying to win. And it's always there. You always want to beat your friends and neighbors from within the county. I think these district shows are good for really taking it to the next level in terms of intensity. But I, I will say that uh, uh, you go to Grand Island to your state fair or Des Moines to our state fair or all the big-time state fairs across the Midwest, and there's a certain level of intensity because you're all trying to win, but there ain't nothing like the county-level bickering sometimes, if you know what I mean. Uh, oh, I, I, it just gets a little bit, a little bit, you know, just it goes outside the boundaries of acceptability. I, I know whenever you go to the state fair, there's always going to be intensity, but sometimes that county level well show will give uh, you someone bickering that doesn't really deserve to be bickering. If, I think that's what your post relates to in terms of how I see it. But you'll have a few guys in every county that that take it serious and get get to really pushing at it and everything and. uh and they don't they don't realize because they've never done it, they don't realize the level of intensity and they and they talk about well they had somebody do this or somebody do that for them. And uh Jake hasn't had anybody clip a steer for him or fit a steer for him at the county level ever. Jake Jake and John G learned how to clip. They went to guys that they bought cattle from and went and worked with them for several hours and they sat and watched Kirk Steerwalt and they'd gone to a lot of jackpots and watched other guys clip. And gotten pointers, and by the time they got to county fair with something they were pretty proud of, they clipped on it eight or nine hours at home. It gets really frustrating when those people don't they don't appreciate the level of work and the level of talent that those kids go out and they develop over time and and the and the level of intensity and and you're right about the county fair bickering week that's a skill set just like uh Running a football is a skill set, or throwing a fastball is a skill set. Uh, getting a calf ready, whether it be clipping or fitting, that's a skill set that uh, learns you, that that teaches you just about much about life, uh, just in learning processes as learning to run the football or throw the fastball or make a three pointer. I've got a picture I took, and it hangs in our living room. We were calving heifers. And it was a week before the Cattlemen's Classic in February. And the boys always take the 1 a.m. check, and I usually get up at 3 and stay up at 3, but they'd always 
all through high school they check at ten and one and and uh and I'd get the rest and and uh the boys went out on the ten o'clock and I never heard the door slam that they came back in. And I waited a little bit, I waited a little bit. About eleven thirty I got nervous, I thought, well they must be having troubles if they got one in. And the snow was about eight, ten inches deep out there in their heifer pen. And I went out there and they had show sticks underneath the lights working showmanship on a pair of breeding heifers that they were going to show the next week while they were waiting on heifers to calve that they had in the that they had in the the calving barn that were getting ready to calve. And and I've uh, I've often thought that was uh that was pretty indicative of the the work ethic and how serious I mean, I don't imagine that there's probably too many kids out shooting free throws in the snow sure. at midnight. And so I've, I've, I've thought a lot about that. And they did, they wouldn't have learned that doing anything else, you know, other, other, other than showing cattle. You know, that was the, they've made such great connections over the years and you got it, buddy. So I appreciate you joining me again. You keep kicking out these viral Facebook posts. And I'm gonna keep calling you John because uh, you're just you're like a source for uh, important and up to the minute conversation pieces about what people are truly kind of thinking about and talking about. So yeah, I'll okay. try. One one thing about it, you're never gonna hear me using a lot of big words because I don't know any. I've got a really good true story for you to close her out with this week. Go ahead. All righty. My daddy and I, old Pappy, everybody called him. He was, uh, I don't know how many people know about what size Jake is, but, but my dad was wiry, 180, 190-pound guy, about six foot tall, pretty athletic, you know, but uh, but kind of a borderline outlaw. What do you mean by that? Oh, uh, he, uh, he'd try about anything, you know. He did, he liked to gamble, liked to drink, liked to smoke. Was he ever like a Jesse James outlaw? Did he ever rob a bank? No, he never He never robbed a bank. He never robbed a bank, nothing like that. But he and I sorted cattle together at the local sale barn. But, I mean, he uh, he was definitely one of those. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of learned the ta- I learned the taxation is theft idea right here at home. I mean, sure. he never believed in giving the government anything until they absolutely came screaming for it, you know. Not a bad philosophy, by the way. No, no, no. But so old Pappy and I was sitting there eating lunch, and uh, one of the guys works, in, and and Dad always had him an old roughed out cowboy hat, you know, and and was he didn't have, I never knew my dad to have a single tooth in his head, and most of them, I mean they they didn't fall out from eating candy bars or chewing tobacco. I mean it was they got knocked out in car wrecks and bad broncs and bar fights and everything else. And, but anyhow, so this one. Real pretty boy come walking by. Dad was a lightning muff, one of them. You know, he always smoked the cheapest, absolute cheapest cigarette he could find. I mean, there was in a plain white pack and said smokes across the front of them. I mean, they were they were as generic a cigarette as you could. Dad was a smoking him one of them, one of them generics after his lunch there. and was getting ready to start sorting. And this guy come walking by and he says, CJ, you think you'll ever quit smoking? Dad just looked at him, took a big old long drag, blew it in his face, and he says, yeah, right before they sweep me in the urn. 
<laughs> and that was a fact. That's the way. That's the way he went out. <laughs> you know. So, but I, uh, I've uh, often thought about that. Like, who was the the uh, prime minister of of uh, England whenever World War Two was going on? Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. I watched a movie on him a year or two ago, and that guy could drink the booze. And he lived yeah. to be 92 years old, and I don't know if drinking is worse for you or smoking cigarettes, but uh, that that old boy would have uh, whiskey for breakfast, and he lived to be 92. I couldn't believe that he lived that long, because the way they represented him in that movie, eating steak yeah. for breakfast and lunch and uh, having uh, whatever, bourbon or whatever the hell they drink over there, uh, yeah. wash it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a... That was probably better than all the people that live off of Zantac today and, yeah, and Prozac right. and, and any of the other Zacks that they got to have to face the world. All the you know lib, liberals out there uh, counting those carbs and whatever else. And I mean, there's no perfect way to live, but uh, a guy might as well enjoy the time that he's here because, uh, <laughs> as my boy Joe Sullivan once told me, uh, we told a brief story about Joe and John Sullivan podcast, but. Joe uh, battled cancer some 20 years ago, or maybe just a tick longer than that, and he quit smoking for a year because he wanted to do right by his kids. He just was right during those childbirthing years, and and after a year or two of that, he looked at his wife and he said, honey, that's just no way to live. I'm going to start smoking again. <laughs> How about it? All right. Hey, anyway, I had fun, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Appreciate your time, and uh look forward to doing it again here in July sometime, okay? All right. Thanks.